Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome once again, everyone, to another edition of the show. Big Dave and Joe from South Florida. And uh, we were talking uh, before we got started about the fires in California. You know, there's a lot of poker involved out there, obviously. And, uh, you know, it can disrupt everybody's life in, in, in small ways. Like, oh, I couldn't make that poker tournament or this one got exactly. canceled or something. But when you actually lose everything you own, and these, and these are well-to-do neighborhoods that have lost everything. Now, they'll probably be able to rebuild, but the Kardashians, I think, lost their house. Uh, you know, a lot of names of, of people that uh, you may have heard of are, are suffering the problems out there. So uh, we really feel, you know, badly for them. But it's been a year of disasters. It really has, and and you just mentioned right, be- right before we got on the air that there's three fires. I thought there was only two in California. You yeah, said they had one started today in Simi, Simi Valley. So uh. it is just brutal. Yeah, you know, for some reason you, know, you hear about everybody's, you know, the, the the destruction that it's causing, but we don't live there. We're not seeing a whole lot of it because you know obviously they can't get in there. But I don't know if you saw a report a few days ago where on my phone I get these these alerts and I see Martin Sheen being interviewed. And it was because Charlie Sheen couldn't contact his father, and his father's home was, was where one of these fires was being brought out. And he thought his father may have perished in this wow. thing, and he had sent out a thing. And after like two days, he surfaced and, you know, I guess contacted someone, told him, listen, your son's been worried sick about you. So that that's when it kind of like hit me home. I said, yeah, it don't matter how much money or who the heck you are, this is affecting everybody. Right, absolutely. And uh, the poker world has always given back. We know that. Uh, last year we had the uh, hurricane that went across Florida, Hurricane Irma. And, uh, of course, Marie went down in the islands. And uh, it, was a, it was a rough year for, for us here in Florida. Um, Along that regard, we don't have earthquakes or, uh, you know, we thank God don't have fires and that sort of thing, uh, big fires like that because of our uh, climate. Well, I don't know because you live, you live up a little further well, north than I do, but where I live, we get those Everglades <laughs> fires. Yeah, yeah. But luckily with the water, and uh, Gio's nodding his head over here, you know, the smoke sometimes right. will, will, you know. But that's just a, just a drop in the bucket compared yeah, to what they're going exactly, out Exactly. Thank God. Thank God. But anyway, I bring it up because uh, we have a guest tonight. And uh, Samantha Whiteman, from uh, the director of development for a, for an organization called Families First, having a poker tournament on December 1st uh, up in Palm Beach County. That I wanted to talk with her about that. Uh, I got hooked up with her between uh, uh, a good old friend from college, uh, Ophelia Utset, who is now the uh, president of operations for that organization, and uh, she happened to be in town. Uh, married my former college roommate, by the way. And the, the couple came down, and they're doing very well uh, in uh, the Palm Beach County area. And uh, unfortunately, they were down for her mother's funeral, so uh, funeral service. And, and that was how I got back together with them. That's a whole other story that I feel like one of the main regrets of my life is that I've lost touch with all the people I went to college with and, and were friends with through High Life throughout the years because of either laziness on my part or or problems like that. But it's nice to get together with friends. And she said, listen, we're having a poker tournament when we talked about the radio show. And I said, be happy to have a, a guest from the charity come on. Also, 
uh, over at the Seminole Hard Rock, they're getting ready to start the Rock and Roll Poker Open this week, and they will have a charity event before the start of that. Now, they have lots of charity events there. Last year, it benefited uh, the victims of Hurricane Irma. This year, there were no hurricanes, but they're still uh, doing it to benefit Feeding South Florida. So all these things, I just bring these up because all these things are ways that the poker community gives back. We've we've you know we've been praising the the the, the and singing their you know, singing their praise I should say for charities in poker throughout the whole country, Dave. I mean we've had people on the show that have been involved in that. Linda Johnson, who you just interviewed recently last week, uh, you know, and we've 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 championed that cause for them that they, you know they have always tried. Uh, here, as you said, here in South Florida, for local charities here, we've we've supported here on this show, plus so many other charity events around the country in bigger venues, and that's the thing that I you know outs- I don't know if too many people outside of the poker community know how much the poker community tries to give to to charities all around the country and sometimes even around the world. The the one drop for the big one for one drop. It's another charity that tries to do something internationally, and, and there's it's so amazing. there's so many worthy chari- charities, Joe. You know that, and and unfortunately, this year there just seems to be so many disasters. Uh, you know, people contributing for uh, a couple of big hurricanes in the United States this year. Also, you know, uh, the mass shooting earlier this year in Vegas, and and to benefit some of those people that need help because of these disasters. Uh, there's kind of a almost like a charity fatigue setting in. So we need to stay vigilant to stay on top of that and continue to have people, uh, you know, set up projects and everything and not get tired and say, listen, well, they uh, they already gave all their money for hurricane, uh, you know, whatever. Well, you know, and I think this started with the Houston hurricane. That Remember, J.J. Watt right. started a GoFundMe and got... An <laughs> It got like what? Million or it was an incredible yeah. amount of money that people contributed. Then Irma came, Maria, Irma. You know, I don't know if it overwhelms so many people. And then obviously with the, these crazy shootings that have occurred throughout our, you know, our country. And like you said, it, 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 I think it's more of it drains on people's emotions than anything else. And and obviously some of them for the pockets who who are kind enough to contribute. And you know. It, I, I remember a commercial that's playing right now with uh, uh, with uh, Dennis uh, Hayes that for all state that wanted the right. deep voice right. that he goes you know people claim that uh, this a uh, certain storm is a once in a in a in a 500 year uh, storm should only happen once every 500 years well he goes in the last decade we've had 26 of them wow so you know when you start thinking about that and people keep avoiding the the climate issues in this country and around the world. Uh, yeah, it, it, it gets a little taxing, Dave. And we have always, uh, you know, uh, heaped kudos on the on the poker community for the the way they have given back over the years. Not everybody's like that. In fact, uh, there's a guy, a uh, local player here, that uh, I remember when some charity tournaments were coming through, said, ah, I would never play in a charity poker tournament. Uh, we work so hard to make a living doing this and the variance and this, blah, 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 blah. He goes, I would never uh, play poker and, and and see most of the prize money go to a charity instead of to me if I won. And, you know, I, I was like, you know, this guy is a jackass. He just doesn't get it. He, what, so so other people who donate don't work very hard for their money? Yeah. Is that is that what you're trying to tell me, buddy? That none of us uh, none of us who donate to this, who who 
donate time, money, whatever it is that we can give to these charities. We don't work hard. We, you know, I don't, I don't know about you, Dave. I know I've always worked hard when I've had to work, and I don't know how old this person was that said this to you, but didn't we have a similar situation with some big-name uh, poker player many years ago uh, when they interviewed him after he had come in first or second in the charity and made a real idiotic comment? Uh, I can't remember. I don't know if it was the one drop, the big one for one drop. And this guy, I wish I could remember his name now. And, you know, he, he I remember you making a big thing about it on the show that, you know, this guy Dan says. Dan Coleman, maybe? Maybe that was him. That might have been him. Anyway, there's a few of those out there. But uh, as long as I do this show, I will continue to use it as a forum to promote some of these uh, great events. And we'll talk about a couple of them tonight, including the uh, the people from Families First is the organization in Palm Beach County. So Samantha will be on with us a little bit later in the show. Uh, but uh, let's get back to poker uh, as far as what's going on. And uh, the tie-in for that was last week we did the show the night before the the election, midterm elections. Uh, and uh, there were a couple of Florida bills on the, on the ballot that, uh, you know, we worked hard to kind of uh, put our thoughts out there, but uh, people didn't. Listen, or or oh, I think people were very confused. They were fooled. With a, they were fooled. Amendment three was the one that really was worded, so it would completely trick most voters. Anyway, both Amendment three and Amendment thirteen passed. Uh, the uh, Amendment three involved giving the um, the onus to uh, voters to uh, for any expansion of gambling, as opposed to the legislature. But the rules, as we have mentioned, are so. Uh, tough to overcome that it probably will be basically uh, prevent any sort of future expansion of gambling exactly. unless unless there hu- there's a huge turnaround in people's view of, of gambling in, a, in 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 that and I've you know I I've, I found a little bit of fault with the uh, both Disney World the Disney people and Seminole Hard Rock, Hard Rock. Uh, who uh, contributed tons of money well, to this thing uh, Dave they they got ahead of this. And they pushed for this for this amendment to take for the for us to take a vote on it because they saw the way this they saw how this state was heading towards that. Right. West Palm Beach, uh, you know, uh, county over there had already taken votes to expand their gambling to have slot machines. Jacksonville, Tampa, they started to see the they started to see this, and they knew that the way the law was written, they wouldn't be allowed no matter what amount of votes they took in their county, but. You know, the, the the politicians had to take notice of this, and um, being that I don't know, and I don't know if you do, Dave, how how the inner inner circles of of politics works, but you know, they they pushed this amendment through and and got it on the ballot, and you know, put all their weight and money behind it, and got it passed. Well, it just seemed kind of disingenuous the way it was worded to kind of fool people and and give them the idea that all of a sudden. Uh, you as a voter were going to have a choice of what could be in your community, but when in in reality, uh, you know, it it just made things so much tougher that we're just not going to see it. But the final numbers are in, and uh, it went like 70 to 30 percent uh, to vote for uh, Amendment Three, which will 71 and a half percent, I guess, was the final number. Wow, that's not even close. And it was disingenuous to me also. <laughs> to uh, call it the Voter Approval of Casino Gambling Initiative. Uh, Voters, uh, I forget the exact group that was behind it. But Mm -hmm. anyway, it went through uh, very easily. And uh, the poker people from the Poker Alliance uh, said it was just an anti-competitive approach to limiting poker and other gaming in the state for decades to come. So uh, the final numbers of the contributions to the Seminole Tribe uh, spent a total of $24.3 million in support of the amendment, according to this article, in uh, 
uh, card player. And uh, Disney was second biggest contributor, $20.5 million. So uh, huge amounts of money. But they got what they wanted. And, uh, you know, the, the one good thing that's, for us as poker players. In, for the Seminoles, that's a drop in the bucket, to be honest with you, considering right. no competition. The, I guess the only competition, I don't know how that bill is written with the people, are would probably be the casinos that are in, in Miami-Dade and Broward County. Well, the only the maybe only getting casino or blackjack and some some versions of the casino games right and uh, you know we do have plenty of gambling here so maybe maybe it's enough who knows but uh you know i would have liked to have seen one of the big companies come in create some competition for them would have been nice but uh the bottom line is that the seminoles have done a tremendous job with poker so they have so you know they maybe they maybe uh you know it's going to be okay you know they're we're still going to have great poker and and great gaming action over there and whether there's competition or not, uh, they will continue to provide a, a great service to people here. And and my complaint isn't that there is we've 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 you know mentioned how what a tremendous job they've done, you know, bringing big time poker here to South Florida. You know my my problem with this is, hey, we we've also talked about what they've done with the poker in Tampa, what Jackson uh, Jacksonville has done with. Uh, what is it? Big uh, best bet. Best bet. Best bet out there. Company, right. No. No. But I'm saying that they've done big poker tournaments, and that now nobody else, whether on the West Coast, uh, on the Panhandle, no one else is going to get that opportunity. Probably if, not. You know, doesn't make financial sense for them to do it on that level. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so that that passes. Uh, just to kind of wrap things up here, Amendment 13 was the ban on dog racing which will kick in in 2020. Uh, that also passed easily, 69 to 31, I guess. I kind of saw basically. that one heading in that direction, Dave, to yeah. be honest with you. And I think the Paramutuals already did. I mean, I don't know if... Uh, if well, Magic's I think some of them are happy. There's a couple of them, like Palm Beach Kennel Club, that, that, that really wanted to vote that down, they wanted to keep their dog racing. Uh, there's a couple others, Derby Lane over in uh, St. Petersburg, and, and a couple others. But I think some of the others, in fact, down here... Uh, you know, Magic City has already Mardi discontinued Gras, their yeah. racing. Mardi Gras it, it, has it, it, but they're not doing well with it. So listen, the only places they'd that be happy make, to drop it. The only places that are making any money are places like West Palm Beach, where there aren't slot machines. Uh, you know, St. Petersburg. These are the places in, that probably had the the larger handles and were still making some money off of it. But I can't believe Magic City, Mardi Gras down here. They can't that be unhappy with we, it. We already know how bad it is for High Lie, even though, but because they've cut the cost down to where they, they're playing single matches and all of that. But Dog had to be a lot more expensive yeah. than High Lie. a lot of money around that and, stuff, no and question. When you're not when you're not drawing uh, enough people to generate Thirty to forty, fifty thousand dollars handle for a whole uh, uh, program. You know, you can't you can't even cover the expenses to run to run that. But anyway, that was voted down. Uh, the people who wanted it uh, wanted the, the ban on wagering said uh, uh, Florida voters have delivered a knockout blow to a cruel industry that has been hurting and killing dogs for nearly a century. And uh, you know this animal protection uh, call. Hey, that's fine, but uh, you know, I I I think that you know a lot of those stories were twisted around, and, and I don't think it was as bad as they made it out to be. Well, I don't I didn't see anything now, but years ago I saw something which kind of really turned my stomach was how some of these owners, when the dogs are no longer, I know there's an adoption for the Greyhounds, which is a beautiful program for which is a to great program them. that's been successful. But uh, but apparently, you know, I don't know what goes into it, but you know, there was 
video that was just so disgusting. It really turned my stomach as to how they got, you know, put the, killed these dogs up in the panhandle area up in that up there. Um, and, you know, when these owners, when these dogs no longer generate a, a revenue for, for the owners, you know, it's it's to me it was quite shameful. I right. didn't know that. Right for years, and uh, you know, there's some that give the dogs cocaine and stuff like that, and uh, you know, there's always play around with their diets and and stuff like that. So there is there is a bad side to it as well. But anyway, I didn't agree. I voted uh, I voted against it, and I voted against three, and uh, both passed easily. So what do I know? Yeah, I I you know that I was shocked with number three, and I didn't know the final numbers seventy one to, to what's it. 29? 71.5 to, uh, oh, uh, to 28.5 or something like that. Wow, that is, that is oof. Barring a recount. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> think we we'll have to worry about that, those, those there. Yeah, I think that's over. Anyway, uh, those two things, we'll see what happens with those. And, uh, uh, you know, that's the way it goes. Uh, but we will talk uh, about some other poker-related uh, issues tonight, including maybe get into a little bit of strategy. I got a little thing I'm throw, going to throw at Joe, the article I read about dealers and whether some of them talk too much, don't talk enough. Uh, there can be some problems I, I love there, that column that dealer chick wrote. So We'll get to that as well. Uh, while we're talking about gambling, by the way, I just wanted to mention, uh, if you're wondering how the sports betting is coming along in the United States, there's now six states that offer legal sports betting in addition to uh, Nevada and uh, uh, New Jersey, which we, which are right out there in, in uh, you know the spotlight as far as uh, tension and everything, and Delaware, of course, has had it over over the years. But West Virginia, Mississippi, and New Mexico now have sports betting. And what do you want to bet that Pennsylvania will get it in there yeah, before be before next, next football season? Uh, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, and Arkansas passed bills to to put that into. Uh, uh, into the queue, and uh, New York uh, actually passed the sports betting bill back in 2013, and of course they uh, all the provisions and everything have not have failed to uh, to get done. So they still are a big question mark. Florida's probably a few uh, years away. Uh, Arkansas voters just in this last election last week uh, approved a constitutional amendment to bring expanded gambling to their state. So uh, there is a lot of uh, interest in that, which and of course is, the sports betting is going to be huge. Which is interesting, because in election years. years, and big election years, like the midterms, and, and the, pre, you know, the, the another two years will be the big one for the president again. Those are years that, you know, at least my, my experience has taught me, don't look for expansion in gambling for some reason in most states. And like I said, uh, some of them this coming year is when you'll probably see their legislator try to get stuff through. Uh, because they don't want to be the ones saying, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm putting their names on something that's going to expand gambling." You know, for some reason, that still has some uh, taboo effects for voters, apparently, to, to politicians. Right. And looking around the world, uh, China continues their crackdown on poker in their country, despite the fact that a Chinese company actually bought the World Poker Tour. And of course, we have huge gambling in Macau. Uh, you know, around uh, for all the high rollers over there, but there have been crackdowns over there as well. Uh, on Israel, what, private games? Is uh, that what it was on private games? Yeah, over there? Oh, yeah, okay. and and online and online. There's hmm. been a been, there's been a big crackdown over there. Uh, Israel, which hasn't had gambling in the past, but there were a lot of underground games and uh, you know a huge uh, uh, fan base there that's uh, produced a lot of great players into uh, world poker. Uh, the mem- member of Knesset over there uh, 
has introduced a bill that would remove the gambling stigma from poker and make it legal throughout the nation. So they're trying to change the thoughts over there, although uh, it probably will take some time. And finally, in Australia, there is still an online gaming ban, and it doesn't seem to be stopping anybody because they say people have just turned to the illegal aspect, which is always what happens. You know, uh, people want to gamble. They're going to gamble. Uh, You might as well get your taxation and your regulation set up because uh, otherwise uh, people are just going to go elsewhere. It's amazing that in 2018 politicians can't see that. It's really amazing to me. Yeah, pretty crazy. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and take our first break on the show. We'll bring uh, Samantha Whiteman on from uh, Families First of Palm Beach County and uh, talk about their upcoming tournament, which incidentally is at a minor league ballpark up in Jupiter, the Roger Dean Baseball Stadium, and we'll talk about that and the challenges that presents as well. We'll talk with her when we come back, and a few other things to get to later in the show, which we'll uh, have some fun with. So stick around. Poker Action Line comes to you from South Florida every week, and we hope you pick us up on uh, SoundCloud or Podbean or or any of the places you get your uh, podcasts or you can go to our website, PokerActionLine.com. We'll be back after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. All right, class. Let's hear what everyone did this weekend. Jill? Well, I raised my older sister to a big oak tree. It was at least a hundred years old. My mom said I must have set a record or something. And then we went down by a stream and perched up on this huge rock and saw all of these little minnows swimming around way below us. And then I rescued my little brother from an evil slug king who was guarding him in the bush fortress. And my sister and I brought him back to our super twig fort for safety. And then we all laid out and told stories until it got dark. And the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? Yeah. We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Anyone want to come this weekend? Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week and find the fun, adventurous you. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad... WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Drag Racing Series. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt, race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave and Joe here on Poker Action Line. And uh, as we mentioned, uh, we wanted to talk about an upcoming charity poker event, which will be in the Palm Beach County area. Uh, the name of the organization, Families First of Palm Beach County. And uh, they advance uh, the cause of children and families with uh, prevention programs, uh, child development, and that sort of thing in, in regards to mental health and behavior health, behavioral health. 
and uh, the development of kids is often overlooked and and it turns into uh, the problems in society that we have right that we're dealing with right now. Uh, Samantha Tank, uh, Whiteman is the director of development for this organization, and she joins us tonight. Thanks for uh, taking the time, Samantha, to be with us. Yes, absolutely. This is your second uh, poker tournament. Uh, I mentioned uh, some of the details briefly earlier that it is on December December the first at the Roger Dean Baseball Stadium in Jupiter. Tell us a little bit about uh, the tournament last year and, and what you learned and changed uh, for this year's event. You know, we uh, we had a very successful uh, tournament last year. We had over 100 uh, people attend, and we really wanted to do it again. We've added a few things to it. We have, um, in addition to the tournament, We've got uh, roulette, we have uh, blackjack, and we also have a learner's table for people that want to learn how to play poker. Great, great. Um, so it's, it's fun for all. You know, you can, whether you're a poker player or not, uh, we've got a lot for both the poker players and their guests, you know, to join. Um, the tournament itself, uh, registration starts at 5 o'clock. Uh, you'll be given a seat assignment. Um, and then the actual tournament starts at sharply at 6 p.m. 6 p.m., so uh, an evening event. And uh, uh, your turnout last year, how many people? We had over 100 people. So Beautiful. We had about, yeah, we had about 65 players and about 40 non-players is what we called them. <laughs> and everybody had a great time, so hopefully a bigger turnout this year. Uh, before we get into a discussion a little bit about uh, what you do as far as uh, helping children and families, I wanted to play that we had a guest last week, uh, Rabbi David Kane, that uh, was involved with a, with a tournament down here in South Florida last year. And they contribute to a lot of different charities. But he had a personal thought on uh, what's happened with mental health in this, in this country. I wanted to play that. This is what uh, Rabbi Kane had to say. I've been uh, a rabbi for decades now, and I have served in prisons, I've served in hospitals, I've served in congregations, I've seen a lot. And I have to tell you that what is happening to America right now in terms of violence is a direct result, I think, of the cutting back of mental health care. Right? Do you know how? Do you know that a tremendous number of mental hospitals have simply been closed because there is no more money for them? Look at anyone's insurance policy. You see, you know what they get? They get like six sessions. Yeah, you have good health insurance. You cover for six sessions of counseling. Luckily, none of your problems are serious, so they they can all be cured by someone talking to you six times. Right? If that was true, we'd have no teenagers in trouble. You know. Uh, I know, I'm sure that people are listening to me right now who've uh, had teenagers. I talk to them a hundred times, and you just hope and pray that someone straightens up, straightens out, does something like that. But you know, there's so many people that ought not to be without a support system in terms of mental health care, right? And we as a society are just dropping the ball over and over. You know, I, I was serving in the prisons when they stripped back the mental health care in prisons. Well, I just wanted to play that because and see what you thought, Samantha. It's really a problem that is overlooked in today's society, and now we're dealing with the effects of it, and that is you know, people going in and shooting up churches, uh, mm-hmm. people that uh, yep. you know, will, will use guns for any reason, and, and not to get on the gun soapbox, but uh, a lot of this is caused because 
we haven't taken care of our children as they're growing. We haven't supported families in mental health and behavioral problems. And I wondered what you thought of that. Yeah, uh, you know, and that is so true. What he's saying, um, it's there's a saying. It's easier. It's easier to work with little kids than to try to fix grown adults. You know. Right. Right. Um, and so if we can get to them early enough, it's vital, to be honest with you, especially in this day and age, you know, you're working with children that there's so many different aspects of their life that they have to deal with day in and day out, whether that's, you know, and this, these are families we work with, parents are incarcerated or they are no longer with them, they've died, uh, they've run away, they, now we have a child maybe that's living with a relative. So, you know, there's a trauma that happens automatically when that child is ripped away from the, the parents that they know and love, regardless of what the, the parent is like, whether the parent, you know, has issues of their own, that child, that's all that child knows. And so when you've got this layered effect of issues, whether it's school issues, behavioral issues, parental issues, that all, if it's not taken care of early enough, that all eventually will follow them throughout their lives and change the way they see the world. And that's why we're seeing a lot of this, like you said, with the gun issues and and um, violence throughout you know the country and, and the nation. Um, and so what Families First is doing is really trying to get to them before or right when there's an issue. I mean, we work with the parents and the moms sometimes while they're still pregnant if that mom has shown signs of issues because we all know that it's a repetitive cycle. Once it happens, it continues to happen. So we um, we are very individual. We take every family and we assess each family's needs individually. We're not going to group them all, you know, cover-coated with one we don't think that there's one way to solve a problem. And I think that's what's so important about Families First is that we look at each family individually, we assess their needs, and then we work in the context of their homes. We want to see what's going on with that child, where there's behavioral issues and mental issues and mental health issues where we can help them. Uh-huh. Um, and we'll work with them anywhere from uh, five months up until three or four years because these are the most chronic families and they it's not a, a quick solution you know it's not an easy fix I, I guess one of the major problems is is for people to identify that they have a problem uh, as we always talk about in uh, in uh, you know yeah. alcohol problems and drug problems and that sort of thing you first have to admit that you have a problem or realize there's a problem and then Absolutely. you don't really you really don't know where to go so you guys are out there uh, offering these services and trying to uh, Make people recognize that that you can help. Yeah, we we do. And we work with families both in the household and we work with children in the schools and in their aftercare, after-school programs. Um, So wherever we're needed, we will be there. Um, And you're right, the trust factor, that's a big deal. And so we'll start out really easily. Maybe we'll work on what we always do, actually, is work on what's positive in their life. If there's a mother that's... um, that's substance abusing, but she happens to be a great cook. We'll start talking about recipes and different ways, you know, of healthy eating. And we'll work with whatever we have to get them to understand that we're here to help and that we can, you know, we've got the services. And, and I'll tell you, we have a 95% 
success rate um, because we take our time and because we really learn what that family needs um, and what that child needs. Are you are you uh, tied so, in Are you tied in with law enforcement or the court system that maybe after there's a major problem you're you're yeah. requested to come in? We actually are. Uh, Chief uh, Michael Gogger sits on our board, and he, you know, it's almost like we've got the 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 phone. So whenever whenever there's an issue, we'll call him right away. And whenever he sees that there's something that we can really help with, he he gives us a call. Um, so we've got a direct connect connect to the sheriff's office, um, and so we're always uh, working with them. We're always working with the school district. Um, the health department, wherever the, you know, the, the government or the um, public community at large has access to these families, they'll contact us um, and vice versa sometimes um, to work with these, to, to work with the most at-risk families in our community. We're talking with Samantha Whiteman, the Director of Development for Families First of South Florida, uh, of uh, Palm Beach County, actually, and you're located uh, right up there. You're going to have this poker tournament on December 1st, uh, still a couple of weeks away as we do this show here. It's a Saturday, and it starts at 6, 5.30, 6 yeah. o'clock, I guess. So what time yeah. should people mm-hmm. uh, show up? So registration starts at 5 o'clock, and the reason why we'd like you to come earlier than later um, is because we've got so much going on. Like I said, we ha- we'll have um, a, not a full bar, but a, a fairly uh, open bar. Uh, we'll have lots of food. We've got um, lots of fun things going on. Uh, the tickets are $100 uh, to play. Um, and, you know, I'm not the biggest poker connoisseur, but f- from what I understand with the poker structure, uh, all players will be given a $2,000 uh, chip stack. Okay. And add-ons will be available until 6.30 p.m. Uh, for a $50 donation. You can have an additional $1,000 in chips. And then rebuys will be available until 7.30 p.m. Uh, players who are down uh, $100 or less will be able to make a $25 donation for an additional $500 in chips. So $50 gives you $1,000 in chips, and a $100 donation gives you $2,000, et cetera. And, and let's um, let the uh, poker tournaments. Uh, we, you know, we've been covering charity events here on this show for, for nearly a decade and it's really kind of a painless way for people to contribute and have a great time while they're giving. Uh, so uh, you found that uh, that going this route of, of a poker charity event is really uh, uh, what can raise good money for your, your organization. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've, you know, the community comes out, they support, and at the same time they're able to have fun and, and play a little poker. Or, uh, you know, if they're not poker players, they they there's roulette there's blackjack like I said we'll have a great auction we'll have lots of music lots of food lots of drinks so you really can't go wrong for a hundred dollars for an evening and you're supporting families first at the same time you yeah. know you're giving back to the community and I'm sure it's a great opportunity for people to ask questions and kind of learn what you do and uh, and maybe even get involved personally uh, with people that they know or are related to. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's such a great way to um to, you know learn about what's going on in the community with like we talked about um, mental health and and other concerning issues that families deal with every day. Um, and at the same time, you can have some fun and bring your friends out. Uh, we'll also have uh, a cigar roller there. Uh, we'll have bourbon uh, uh, tastings. So there's a lot of fun, fun little parts of the event that you know the committee really wanted to make this night 
um, all around a great time for everybody. And I guess the peop- there will be prizes and stuff like that uh, for the top finishers and uh, maybe even yes. some kind of drawings and, uh, and uh, uh, maybe a silent auction or something like that as well? Yeah, yeah, we're having a silent auction. Uh, the final table, uh, also, the entire 10 people at the final table will win a prize. Um, the third place winner will win two tickets to a fun event we're doing in February um, at Due South Brewery. The second place winner will win uh, uh, tickets for two on the, I'm sorry, the Paradise uh, Cruise Line. And then the first place, the winner, will win a $1,000 Visa credit card. Beautiful. Uh, It's called the All In uh, Family's First Event uh, Poker Tournament. And second year for that for you guys. And uh, uh, we wish you the best of luck. I'm hoping that I can come up and play. Uh, Certainly would look forward to that. We would love it. And uh, thanks for taking the time tonight to talk about it. And for all you do the entire year, it really is uh, something that that, uh, contributes to... uh, your contributions to society and yeah. uh, your organization. So uh, appreciate it uh, from the poker end and also from uh, society's end as well. Great. Thank you so much. And you can learn more by visiting familiesfirstpbc.org, family being plural, familiesfirstpbc.org. Okay. We hope people will check that out and hope they'll show up at your tournament December 1st at uh, between Great. 5 o'clock. Uh, the activities get underway. And it's at the Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium, which is in Jupiter. And uh, certainly uh, hope everyone will take the opportunity to come on up. Thank you for your time tonight, Samantha, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. Okay. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye-bye. Samantha Whiteman, uh, who uh, really is another great cause. I mean, there are so many great causes, but, uh, Joe, you know that uh, it's so in the news right now because people that, basically just suffer from mental health problems and and certainly we need to create uh, uh, families and in situations where we don't develop more uh, people who will commit these crimes because they're they're not stable yeah and and I love the fact that she mentioned what was it that uh, we'd rather deal with children now than fix adults later who have problems and you know I think that's 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 a great thing to say because if you can recognize it in a child you can hopefully prevent a lot of tragedy, and I've got some personal experience with this one with, with family that's yeah, had I'm this sure. issue. So, Okay, uh, let's take another break here on the show. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about uh, uh, tournaments coming up here in South Florida. Big uh, event over at the Seminole Hard Rock uh, gets underway this week. The charity event for their end is coming up soon as well. And uh, an interesting article that I want to get to uh, on poker dealers. Uh, Joe, of course, uh, one of the best out there. Caught enough of well, them. <laughs> I'll say I was one of the best many years ago. That's for sure. But uh, I, I love this article that uh, the dealer chick, as she goes by, uh, in card player wrote on this. So love to comment on okay, that. We'll talk about that when we get back. Other news coming out of Vegas and other places as well. So we'll get to all that stuff when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line. We'll be back right after this. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. 
You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer could purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Come on, smile. Oh, honey, he's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. Yeah, maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. Or maybe he's teething. Maybe it's just a phase. Maybe he has autism and we can definitely do something to help. Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave and Joe here on Poker Action Line. Our thanks to Samantha Whiteman for uh, taking the time to join us on the program. And we hope you'll uh, check that out. Families First, PBC. Uh, dot org is the uh, website if you want more information about their poker tournament. Uh, one thing I did want to mention, uh, I did saw a contest they had in Poker Stars overseas in Europe where they actually hooked up uh, poker players, uh, a $2 buy-in tournament. If you were finished in the top 20, you actually got assigned a Formula One driver from the uh, event over there in Europe, um, I don't remember exactly the exact uh, race. It, I guess it was the, the Russian Grand Prix. Yeah, I see it here now. And it was in Sochi. And uh, they were assigned one of the drivers. And so one guy had, uh, you know, Lewis Hamilton, which is one of the stars of Formula One racing. And there was a Romanian player who was assigned uh, Finland's Valtteri Botas, who happened to be a teammate of Lewis Hamilton. And all of a sudden, he was like one of the bottom uh, 20, you know, the drivers that could be assigned. He was actually uh, won the pole and was winning the race. And they have this thing over there where they, uh, I guess they call it team orders, that if you have a big driver like Hamilton, who's much more popular than this other guy, they let, uh, him, get in front. They let him pass him and go ahead. And there was actually someone else leading the race at the time. But the race finished, and Hamilton ended up winning, and Botas was second. Well, we, we've got somebody here who can address that. Address uh, these very, team orders. What's this team orders stuff? Gio, let us know what the story is. All right, here we go. I'll try to make this as uncomplicated as possible. We're not accustomed to this because in North American motorsports, as in NASCAR or IndyCar or anything, there are you have teams. You have a team, 
but the teams are all sponsored by different companies or different, you know, as in Hendrick Motorsport in NASCAR has a car that has Lowe's on one car or Shell on another and Home Depot on a different car. So there's different companies. So while there are different drivers within the same team, Formula One is really about the teams competing against each other, okay. not so much about the drivers. So Mercedes has two cars that are both painted identical. Ferrari has two cars, and they're both painted identical. Each team has two cars, and both cars are painted identical colors. Okay. They are not sponsored by two different companies. And so, therefore, the team orders come about where, in this case, Lewis Hamilton is running for the championship, and he is in first place in the championship, while his teammate is running first in the race. Mercedes would also like Lewis Hamilton to win, so that Lewis Hamilton wins the driver's uh, championship. So while we'll see stuff in NASCAR, like maybe you'll, the guy will draft off you or something like that, well, you won't NASCAR, let him pass. You don't let him pass you. You won't let your teammate win the race. <laughs> right. You might get let him, you know, get his lap back. You might cut him a break where let him in where he shouldn't be, or you know, earlier in the race. But in the last lap, everybody's running to win the race. And what's most important is that Mercedes wins the championship over Ferrari, which what they call the manufacturers, they call it the constructors championship. And okay. so Mercedes needs to win the constructors championship. More important than that driver, Valtteri Bottas, in this case, needs to win this race. Well, let me tell you, if you like poker and you like uh, auto racing, you're in the right place tonight here. There Absolutely. you go. Anyway, you go. the bottom line is Thank uh, you, sir. No problem. Uh, Lewis Hamilton did win the race. But Poker Stars, who gave out the uh, $7,500 Euro package uh, to this tournament later in the year, also awarded the guy who had Botas a package. Well, well. Let me t and I was about to say that what they should have done was assign them, but now two players are going to have a team. So if anybody on the <laughs> team wins, because like Gio said, they have no qualms about doing what they got to do to try to get the more popular teammate to get in front and win the race. So... I think that was, you know, I'm I'm glad it was the Poker Stars did that, and they actually should have advertised it like that because now it doesn't matter which one of the two <laughs> drivers you get, you're going to be rooting for the team to win. Now well, let's again, just... this has to be the perfect circumstance where they're running first and right, second. Right. Because if Lewis Hamilton were running third or fourth, there's no way that Botas can slow down enough and allow the other two guys to get by him for for this to work. It's got to be in. in the right circumstances where they're running one two and it really has no effect whether they switch positions or not other than for gambling purposes <laughs> in this particular case and it was exactly. team mercedes by the way that they drive yeah for. that's correct what, that's yeah no they i know okay. they <laughs> the man knows his stuff here <laughs> yeah, absolutely we went, to the, we went to the right person <laughs> absolutely uh so anyway the all's well that ends well let's hope they just go go to the tournament and the one guy folds uh, pocket kings just to kind of help the other guy out exactly exactly uh the other thing I wanted to mention was over at the Hard Rock, which is getting ready for their big uh, Rock and Roll Poker Open. It starts with the charity event uh, tomorrow night. We do the show on Monday here uh, on, a, on a regular basis, and today is, uh, of course, Veterans Day, and we're celebrating that as well. But uh, tomorrow night will be the Feeding South Florida beneficial, uh, beneficiaries uh, for their poker tournament as well, which is tomorrow. And then the tournament gets underway on Wednesday, November 14th. And the main event starts later in the month, uh, November 23rd. But we're going to have a lot of big names here uh, because a lot of them are playing right now in the Bahamas. And I want to mention that uh, because this is a very interesting situation as well. 
Okay. This Bahamas tournament is a uh, party poker tournament, and they have several $10 million guaranteed events. Now, we know what happened with the $10 million event that Seminole Hard Rock had. They shattered the uh, guarantee the first year, and the second year they went about $2 million short. Well, they're having this tournament. It's called Caribbean Poker Party down at uh, Baja Mar in the Bahamas in Nassau. And they have a $10 million guarantee. Uh, there was three days, three uh, opening sessions. The first day they had 200 players. The second day they had another 300. And today, the final day, they just passed a total of 900. So they're over 1,100 people short of making the guarantee. Wow. Have you ever heard something like that? They're gonna, this is going to cost them several million dollars if they... Well, uh, if they need it, if they need it, I mean, they're going to have to put in, obviously, whatever the... the, the uh, the Hopefully. Fee, the fee is. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying, you know, they're going to calculate whatever fee they collected from these people, but they're going to wind up putting between four and a half, you know, between probably yeah. four and a half and four and three quarter million. Well, today's the final opening session, and people can enter before the, oh, wait, after oh, the so start of day two. Nine, no, it didn't end at 900, I'm sorry, but they're still not, they're, they're not going to possibly be close. Why not? Eleven hundred is nothing to get well, on. Well, it's on the that it's last the end day. of the first. It's the end of the first three opening sessions. There's not another opening session. There's just the beginning of day two where people can enter up to a certain. Uh, point. But they were what they had nine hundred out of two thousand that they were supposed to get. Right. And they had what just today to go. No, yeah, exactly. Ah, listen, they may. I mean, we're talking. We're talking that they were at the dinner break on uh, day one C. And then day two is tomorrow, so there's not going to be that many more people entering, probably. Why? Uh, On a day two, uh, people show up for a $5,300 tournament? Th- listen, if it wasn't for day two... Uh, I mean, it is a huge uh, overlay, for oh, sure. Oh, yeah, no, but I, 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 I bet you they get very close to that oh, number well, we'll tomorrow. I, we'll find out. Well, we'll I won't be here next Monday when we do our show, but uh, <laughs> you're going to let me know, because yeah. I, I mean, they... Could be short, but but if they wind up getting six, seven hundred more people, uh, I don't see it happening. You don't see it happening. No, I don't. With a whole day to go. Nah. Okay. There's been several tournaments of the series down there, big ones. Uh, well, maybe a few of the uh, high rollers will show up and play a few times. But have I they had over two thousand in any other tournament leading up to this? No. Well, then 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 you might be right. Yeah. They may not get that amount there, but yeah. um well, we'll see what happens. rebuys if there's a lot of rebuys allowed in there, you might get that number to reach get closer I to. I mean, that. we we've seen tournaments that fell short of their guarantee before and some have paid and some haven't, but uh I think this is going to be uh break the standard for uh falling short. We'll find out. Yeah. We'll find out. <laughs> as long as they print those numbers. We'll see. Uh let's get to this other article I want to talk about. Uh, there's a girl that writes in uh, poker, uh, I'm sorry, card player magazine called uh, The Dealer Chick and talks about issues with dealers. And since Joe is a dealer and has trained dealers and has been a floor person and a manager of a poker room, uh, talks about dealers that talk too much. Now, where do you draw the line, Joe, of being an interesting person, uh, an entertaining person, Making tips off players. And, of course, there's a difference between tournaments and cash games, of course. Exactly, yes. But this guy complained that the uh, the dealer made a lot of mistakes because he wouldn't shut up and he was telling stories. And, and, and she talks about, 
you know, where you draw the line and what it's, where your job is to, to do this stuff. Uh, can you kind of give us an idea of what you're thinking about when you go to the table? Well, I highlighted a section there, I believe the first section there. If you could read that real okay. quick that she wrote. Uh, she says, what I've learned in my years as a dealer is that the level of talking I do at a table, live cash or tournament play, should correlate to the temperament of that table. So you kind of get a feel of what the people are, are doing. Exactly. Uh, as I told you before we started talking about this when I read the article, I, I'm in love with this, this dealer chick, uh, whoever she is writing this, because, and for you, for the folks out there who get card player, please read this whole article. She, she addresses certain things that I love as a dealer and as a poker room manager. And I was one of the more talkative ones, especially when poker had just started in the state of Florida when it was a quarter 50 cent. I used to tell everybody, Dave, that that was uh, this wasn't poker. This was mental masturbation uh, because the pots couldn't exceed ten dollars. So I used to en- enjoy, you know, entertaining, so to speak. And I was actually told just to shut the f up and deal once. And I said, Yes, sir, no problem. And I started dealing. And the other people at the table, after about two or three minutes. You know what, Joe? I I prefer you telling me, you know, jokes. <laughs> Tell and me a story. And everybody else. So I finally turned to this person when everybody else at the table said, you know, they preferred me to go. I go, sir, I'm very sorry, but you've been outvoted here. And he left all pissed off and everything else. But as a manager, I'm going to address this more as a manager because I enjoyed it as a dealer. And again, I take myself very serious as a dealer, as a professional. There are tables. The lower limits is where you can have a little bit more fun and enjoyment. But I couldn't agree anymore with, with the dealer chick when you, you read your table. There are people when you get there immediately, you know, they don't want to hear any little funny line. They don't want to hear anything else. They just want you to run the game. Now, for me to run the game, I think a game runs much, much smoother when a dealer does the talking that it's ne- that I call is necessary because you got people on their you know on their pie pads watching the TV and it's sir you need you know the actions on you or ma'am the actions on you and you know we got to check check you know and you move the game around you kind of change the verbiage a little bit so it's not it doesn't get monotonous and everything else a totally silent dealer is going to deal a lot slower because he's sitting there, he or she is sitting there waiting for the table to run the action. And, and it's not fun they're, if they're for a me, solid push. For me, it's not, it's not fun that, that the dealer doesn't move the game. And I, my experience has been for the most part, not always, but for the most part, a silent dealer, eventually, it's not because they're no fun, but yes, that's, that's one of the things. Hey, I'd like to see a dealer at least smile or something. But the game is taking too long, and then... What happens is as soon as you allow one of the table captains, as I like to call them, uh, or the table policemen to to initiate action, hey, buddy, come on and see two, wake up. You know, my thing to cool that down, I've mentioned it on the show before, is, hey, thanks for the help, but I'm not going to share my tips with right. you. But you also have to take into consideration that your joking around, your conversation doesn't slow you down or cause you to make mistakes. Exactly. And, and, for, and then again, being human, I'm not going to say that once or twice I didn't make that mistake. But I think you know, the flip side is that I made the table a lot more enjoyable for everybody playing at there. Now, she also addresses, if you read the second highlight area, of difference, I think, between cash and tournament games. She does. Uh, but she also says... Uh, uh, whether or not a dealer is sociable is a personal choice. So did you encourage people to be more personable, or did you uh, 
did you go the other way and tell them to, to tone it down? I've never asked a dealer. I Thank God I've never had to ask a dealer to tone it down, that they were that, quote, uh, for me, they'd have to be very obnoxious in their manner of speaking to the table and how they handled themselves for me to say anything. Um, and I've never forced anybody because you can't force people's personalities. They are who they are. They will deal with the situations. Um, you know, I, I've had to deal with women dealers who cried, and when I found out why, I got upset because I thought somebody had said something to them, and I'm not going to lie to you. What was said to them was, no, you know, nothing for them to get to this, and I even told them, very point blank, and I, they knew I had three daughters. I go, I go, you know, so-and-so, if you can't handle this, I go, this may not be the career for you. I go, because that's nothing that's way out there. It's not even insulting. It's not putting somebody down. It's not politically correct. So, you know, Everybody's personality is different. I personally enjoy the fact. Um, I personally enjoy the fact that uh, that you know dealers will talk and make it a little more fun for me. But again, she addresses a good point. As long as they know what they're doing and they're running an efficient game, if the talking disrupts the game and disrupts the proper way of dealing in the game and, and causes mistakes then they need to shut up and just deal. Yeah. Well, she says also, she says, I, I'm in a male-dominated industry. Uh, she says, I, uh, I'm an outgoing female with the humor of a 12-year-old boy hiding inside that's, of me. That's why I fell in love with her, I think. <laughs> and she says, uh, if I'm going to uh, have conversations in the box, uh, I'm going to err on the side of no holes barred. She said, I like to flirt. I flirt a lot. Uh, and if players want to go down the rabbit hole, I will gladly follow. So, uh, and and I'm going to say something to you. I had a dealer just like that, and she made the most amount of money in my room by far. And I mean by far. You know, she may have taken it just a little too far, but she, you know, you knew on her table just about anything can be said to her. And as long as it didn't offend anybody else on the table, and she didn't have any t any problem flirting and you know enjoying the, the the situation with them, but that was her personality. Not and, every and the, every dealer did that. And there are also things that are off limits: the talking politics, or uh, uh, you know, making racially motivated comments, or hate speech, or anything like that. Obviously, that doesn't work. Nor do you want to do any say anything that will influence the hand. That's the biggest problem that you see, and I see that more obviously with break-in dealers. Where you know, if they're, especially, I see this all the time, uh, Dave. I used to see it all the time with dealers, break-in dealers who were playing for years, and then someone would say, "Oh, <laughs> now the fourth heart just hit up there. Let's see who's got that ace of hearts." You know, a player would say that. Sometimes the dealer would say, "Oh, you know, we've got this here." Uh, you know, the board has paired, you know, trips could be up. I've seen dealers, do, and I'm looking at them going, with, you know, there you just need to shut your mouth and let the the game play out. I would imagine that any experienced poker player at those tables will have said something immediately. And, uh, and, and it ain't going to be said very pleasantly. So the game should be uh, run efficiently with a good attitude. She says, mistakes are few and far between. Customer service expectations are being met. And, uh, you know, outside of that, uh, you know, players need to learn a little bit of how to deal with distractions. So, uh, as she said, uh, do your job the right way. Give the players what they're paying for, a well-run game and a good attitude. And that's what you're, what I call your professional dealers. You know that when the WSOP comes around every year down here for six, seven weeks, there's thousands and thousands and thousands. So you need so many dealers 
and obviously you can't have a great dealer or at least an extremely professional dealer at, at, for every table. It's just impossible. It's impossible. So players, if they can help the situation, they should. And, and I've seen players who do that and then also make the game run smoother. And I've seen other players who could easily have done what this player did, take the complete opposite effect because all of a sudden they're down money, they're not doing well, they're having a miserable day, and now they just want to take it out on – you know, whoever they can leash out at. And the dealer is usually target number one. Okay. Uh, big charity poker event up in Palm Beach County on December the 1st. Before that, there'll be one here on November 13th. Uh, at the Seminole Hard Rock uh, for Feeding South Florida. So we invite you to uh, do your part uh, for charity and uh, head on over to one of these places. Once again, the uh, family's first uh, tournament is on December the 1st, beginning at 5 p.m. at the Roger Dean Stadium in Jupiter. So check that out as well. Uh, Lots of talk out in Vegas on a possible merger between MGM and Caesars. That would uh, give them over half of all the poker tables in Las Vegas. So that could be huge, but uh, a lot of of rumors going around, but nothing on concrete. We'll probably talk a little more about that next week. Anyway, Joe, thank you. That's going to do it for the show. Gio, thanks for all your help as well, as usual. And thanks to our guest, Samantha Whiteman, as well. And uh, we'll be back next week with uh, another edition of Poker Action Live. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. This is Poker Action Live. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration, and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year.